I'm Stephen Kabitza here with the Dog Pound Daily Podcast. We are back for our second episode this week. And as always, I am joined by my co-host, Andrew Seipt. Andrew, this new style of podcast we're doing right here, this is your brainchild. What is... You know, yeah, it is. What's on the docket, man? We've got the injury report for both teams, kind of what we touched on at the end of the last podcast. If you're able to uh, listen all the way through, we got injury report for both teams, uh, some current storylines heading in. Typically, we'll do a record breakdown uh, for both teams, but obviously, we're not going to do that in the second week of the preseason. An opponent breakdown, some fantasy, and also typically, we do fantasy football impact, game predictions, um, and close it out with what we're looking forward to seeing on the field this coming week. So it's going to be a good show. Yeah, so in the preseason, we're going to avoid our Richard Mullaney fantasy predictions. But this is a good (laughs) model game prediction for this Monday night's game against the New York Giants. I remember the Browns did play the Giants on Monday night, 2009, maybe? Eric Wright? No, it was 2008. Because it was right after that year that we did really well. Oh, it's when they had four Monday night games. Yeah, and Derek, Derek Anderson... Like was throwing touchdowns at Kellen Winslow, and they were. I remember it was awesome. I was there. It was a great game to be there for because they. And there's a YouTube year. video called "Browns Punk the Giants." I've seen it many times. Yeah, and it's and like an unofficial highlight tape. Yeah, it was awesome. It was not. Uh, I mean, it was not the best of seasons. That I think that year, Jerome. It was a Jerome. Jerome Harrison, Harrison have like yeah. 295 yards on Monday Night Football against the Bills. Against yeah, the it was crazy. Bills, yeah. But that's the year where they had like four Monday Night games, and they went like five oh. and eleven or something. Wow. They must have been so, oh, they were so bad. God, I hope that doesn't happen this year. Um, okay. But back to this year. Yeah. That was a long time ago. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Let's start off. Injury report. We've got uh, the news breaking yesterday. Cam Irving out. Jill Batonio also going to be out. Steven, how does this, uh, how does this parlay into how we might be able to evaluate the quarterbacks this week? Well, first off, I just want to add really quick. Joe Batonio said this is kind of precautionary. Oh, okay. I didn't so that's that. good news. Cam Irving, I mean, for your question of how it will affect the quarterback play, I think Cam Irving being out kind of gives us a good sense of how, you know, how well Sean Coleman can play. They're at the right tackle spot. So him being over there is going to be huge to see, you know, with the first teamers, if he's a reliable option at right tackle during the regular season. Mm-hmm. With Batonio out, I mean, him being out, it's kind of it's it's difficult in the sense where you're without a starting lineman, but I mean even last week Joe Thomas didn't play, and we still kind of got a decent sense of the quarterback play. Yeah, I'm just worried. I mean, you got Rod Roger Johnson going against JPP, so that'll. I'm just hoping Osweiler doesn't get his head taken off. To be honest, uh, the other guys: Ibrahim Campbell, James Wright, Marcus Burley, guys that are fringe players on the roster, but still something to take note of. Ibrahim Campbell. Even if he was healthy, I think would have probably uh, lost the job by now based on the the way Peppers has been playing. But going back to Batonio, you know, that's why I think it helps a lot to have depth like John Greco, Austin Ryder, you know, some of those guys. Spencer Drango. Exactly. Some of those guys that can play tackle guard center, you know, be kind of interchangeable back there. Should a guy like Batonio, who has been known to, he's been very injury prone over his career thus far. uh, It's great. It's good to have that depth back there. Yeah, so shifting to the Giants, I mean, a kind of a one of the real high-profile one was Sterling Shepard was had an ankle sprain at the beginning of the month, but he's fully back. He'll I be out there. I remember seeing something like when it first happened. They said that he was crying and like writhing on the ground. You know, I thought he was yeah. going to be, and then I didn't hear anything after that. I, I just wasn't following the Giants. 
And so probably it's, just it's got good. scared if his ankle yeah, twisted. It's, it's good now that he's that he's back. He's going to be a good receiver in this league. So I'm anxious. And they to have a receiving core with him, OBJ, and Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall is a, a hell of an addition to that roster. Uh, talk about a good compliment to OBJ. That's a guy that's going to go across the middle and and or be a, a hell of a red zone target for for Eli Manning. I mean, if he was here, he'd be a number one receiver. Oh yeah, I would take Brandon Marshall in a heartbeat. He's a good dude. So, do you have any other Giants injuries that we should know about? Uh, Dwayne Harris, upper body injury, questionable. Dukey Anacho, he's a safety, questionable as well. And Eli Apple, I believe, is still on the injury report. Former Ohio State Buckeye had a pr- decent rookie season. So I think it'll be fun to watch his career progress. But that defense is uh, is pretty good. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how the Browns do. I mean, look how bad they did against the Saints, which is pretty average to below average defense. Yeah. And now you got to go against a defense that, you know, plays against the Redskins, Cowboys, and pretty much, I mean, holds their own. They got whooped in the playoffs against the Packers. Yeah, it kind of plays into the the next part of our topics, which was some of the current storylines surrounding both teams. You know, you look at Brock Osweiler being the starting quarterback, and as you mentioned, you know, not really being able to move the ball against the Saints. How how do you think he's going to fare, not only with a beat-up offensive line, but maybe this improved time with the ones creates a little bit of movement? What are you looking for out of Brock Osweiler this week? You know, I want to believe that this week playing with the ones first team offense will make all the difference, but I don't know. I mean, he's kind of set as the starter now for the regular season, unless he has a just miserable next three games. I mean, Joe Thomas came out and said, I think he's going to be the starter, but I mean, it's tough to say what we should see from him because you know, it's just preseason, but I think just, I'll set a small goal, not going three and out on the first possession, given receivers don't drop passes. Yes, I think that's a huge, huge... And just accuracy. Yeah, he has not been accurate, even in practice. I, I see some some of the beat media just talking about how he's overthrowing receivers still. You know, that was a thing that he struggled with in Houston. He couldn't make all the throws, and that's something that, that can't happen in Hugh Jackson's offense, in any offense for that matter. You need to be able to complete passes. He had seven points taken away because Kenny Britt couldn't get that foot down. Maybe if it's a little bit underthrown, he gets that ball in there. Seth DeValve, another touchdown taken away with an overthrow. You can't miss these kind of throws in the NFL. And if he continues to do that, I think it's going to be more and more leaning towards Kaiser because you just can't, you can't miss those opportunities in, in the NFL. If Brock starts a regular season opener and the Browns are 1-3 and three or 0-4 oh after four games, I think Kaiser's going to be in there. And I think the storyline to watch from this is it's not – it's almost is Osweiler doing enough to where he has the full confidence of Hugh Jackson. And the because, team. Yeah, if Kaiser's out there throwing 50-yard bombs again, I mean, it's it's going to be – Hugh Jackson's going to have to go out there like a politician and be like, you are, you know, we're looking at all our options – yeah, um, we don't want to rush to Kaiser. Everyone's gonna be like, "Look, the, this is your best quarterback. He's a rookie." But I mean, so I think it's gonna be: Is Brock Osweiler doing enough to where it's not almost a lie to name him? You know, have full confidence yeah, in him as a that, starter. That, I think I touched on it in previous podcasts. You know, that's one thing I really don't like about a quarterback competition. That's that this is a, an exact reason why. You know, no one's really separated themselves, and I understand the need for it because Kaiser's not ready, and that's why I picked. Brock Osweiler to start the season as the number one quarterback. I think it's a tall task to go into Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Cincinnati in your first 
three three out of your first four games in the NFL and be asked to do that, I mean, that that's tough. So I'd rather have Brock Osweiler go in there and take the hits if he's able to move the ball on offense. I think that's that's the huge key. And like you, I agree with you. I think Osweiler is pretty much penciled in as the starter unless he comes out and, and torpedoes himself tomorrow uh, Monday night. Yeah, if I mean he. He's already played pretty poorly throughout his career and last week. So I think really, unless he just, I don't see any reason why he won't be the starter. But yeah, throwing Kaiser out there in an ideal world, it'd be, oh, we get to see what our rookie has. But yeah, three division games right away and then playing the Colts too. It would just, it derail the season before the proper time when Browns fans can (laughs) claim the season is over around halfway through. Yeah. Moving. But I have move. another storyline to look oh, at. Yeah. Um, Browns focused is will a wide receiver step up this week mm. and not Richard Mullaney? <laughs> will a starting wide receiver step up? I mean, like you said, Kenny Britt could he, when you watch that replay of last week when he caught that pass in the end zone, he could easily drag his foot. Mm-hmm. He's a veteran receiver. Maybe it's because it's preseason. He didn't want to slam on his face. I don't know. But I'd rather will score he step a up with Coleman get on the stat sheet more so than just like one, you know, 10 yard catch from Brock Osweiler in a third long situation. Well, any of the guy, the group from Jordan Payton who had a good week last week, Rashard Higgins or Ricardo Lewis do anything. It's like, we have these four receivers we drafted. None of them. We had to go get Kenny Britt. Yeah. I think Jordan Payton got moved up on the depth chart. If I'm not mistaken, I saw, I think I saw Tony Grossi tweet that out, but I, I looked at the depth chart and then he was like, sixth still so i <laughs> it was unofficial you know maybe that's changed but i may if he's a guy that's making plays you know the browns can take whatever they can get at this point he had a nice nice catch last week that includes richard mulaney if camp, richard mulaney keeps All-Star. putting up big numbers he's gonna make the team Should i they, mean it's cr- it's crazy to say it's not well i think but it you, is I think it is kind of you crazy. You don't want to say, him though. to be the guy that steps up. No, I think it is kind of crazy to say because do you remember the Josh Lenz? Uh, who was the other guy? Carlton Mitchell. These guys that come into camp, you know, that, that have this, un, get touted as having this untapped potential, but end up, you know, just kind of falling flat. There's a and, reason why they're in Brown's training camp undrafted. Exactly. And they're like, reason why they're undrafted, a reason why they're playing with the six and seven stringers. I just look at, at Richard Mullaney as another type of one of those guys or another one of those guys, but I hope he proves me wrong. I just like the name Richard Mullaney and <laughs> he had 70 receiving yards. How many I was on that big catch? 60, 55, <laughs> uh, I think it was 53, 52. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's still, that means he had a 17 yarder. So that's pretty good. That's still not a bad, uh, average. So yeah, but we want, I mean, just to see any of the top guys step up, just, even throwing the – just let the receivers run downfield this time. Yeah. Shifting over to the Giants, like you mentioned, you've got the Sterling Shepard injury scare. I assume he's probably not going to play. They are pro- they would probably hold him out, although I could be wrong. I have not looked at that. But my big storyline is just the, the overall improvement of the Jets' defense from – You mean the Giants? Did I say the Jets? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yes, definitely the Giants' defense. The Jets' defense is going to be brutal. Uh, yes, the Jets are going to be terrible. (laughs) Let's shift the focus back to the Giants defense and the, just the year to year, you know, they've had another whole year with each other, a whole training camp to really understand and really figure out their roles of where they're supposed to be on the field and in what coverages where 
almost like the Browns defense where you're not thinking so much about what you have to do and you're just playing football. And I'm, there's a couple players on that defense that I, I think are, are stud players. They're probably not going to play very much, but I think they'll have a big impact on the 2016 season, and we'll get into that uh, as the podcast progresses. What's your? Uh, it has to help to. I was say it has to help when you know your offense has like a le- legitimate playmakers. Probably gives you more confidence on defense. But my storyline. So I just want to do a quick search. Earlier, I just did like you know New York Giants. You just Google New York Giants, and it's all about their left tackle Eric Flowers. Who's been struggling his whole tenure there? When so it'll be fun drafted? to see if Miles Garrett just destroys him. When was he drafted? It's his third year there. Oh, okay. I th- for but some I just reason think I thought he was younger. But Miles Garrett is gonna be an elite player. So for Giants fans too, it's a good test to see. Hey, how does he hold up? Yeah, that's part of my. We'll get into it later. Just things to watch is Miles Garrett because that's honestly that's the part of the reason why i'll watch any browns game this year is just to watch miles garrett play he's so good i can't wait to see what he can do this year the other some of the other storylines that i saw i went on the giants website looking at uh just the eli marsh or <laughs> eli marshall eli manning brandon marshall connection i was reading an article about how they're eli's just sh- shooting him questions and seeing just seeing where he's at in the playbook and brandon marshall's picking it up quite nicely so the the chemistry could be there already and if you add <laughs> a six foot that's a crazy receiving core monster next to one of the most electrifying wide receivers in football i mean that offense could be something to be reckoned with as in it it typically is you know as long as eli can can limit the turnovers they can be a real threat in the nfc this year yeah they're a weird team it's either eli manning looks like a hall of famer or he's just throwing away games Exactly, exactly. But it should be better with two, you know, dominant receivers. Probably helps when, if you're in a third long situation, you could throw it to a giant receiver on the outside. Yeah. Or have OBJ streaking down the sideline. Well, even when Brandon Marshall's playing for the Jets, I mean, throughout his career, he's been the master of the comeback route. Running 20 yards, or the deep out, you know, similar to what Josh Gordon used to do, just running down the field, turning around, catching the ball, and being able to do something with it. Yeah, and he's, I mean, he's a huge body, so... Something that plays into or to transition away from that, you know, impact players to watch. I kind of shifted more towards the offensive side of the ball um, as I talked more about the defense. Eli Manning was one of those players, but there's also one of his targets, Evan Ingram, tight end from Ole Miss. He's a rookie, has had some flashes so far in camp and could be a, a real deep threat or not deep threat, a real red zone threat. Uh, seeing as how Brandon Marshall and OBJ could be the ones seeing most of the coverage. In my, I have a player, it's not exactly an impact player, but it's just someone to watch because it's kind of interesting, is Geno mm-hmm. Smith. been reading a lot on how he's still playing sloppy in camp there, so he's probably going to get a lot of playing time. I think it'll be interesting to see one side, how he does, and if his career is just spiraling out of control because the Giants, although Eli wants to play for a few more years, they need someone in waiting. And I also want to see how the Browns do against Geno Smith, who, although he's not that good, was an NFL starting quarterback and will give a little better experience, I think, than last week. Yeah, guys like Chase Daniel that not necessarily. Career backup. I, yeah, Geno's played probably 20, a middle 20, almost 30 yeah. games in the but NFL. But he still had starts, career, so, so it's a good test. Yeah, yeah. I agree. You know, I think. Watching Geno Smith play is going to be very painful, at least as a giant. As a giant, it'd be good fan. for us. I think wasn't there talk this year that the Browns should sign Geno Smith or that they worked him out 
I think they did work him out. Yeah, I think they were just seeing everyone before they traded for the savior Brock Osweiler. (laughs) Yeah. Another one of my players to watch is uh, Jerome Lane. He's a drafted free agent wide receiver. They they had written some articles that he's popped out in practice a little bit, making some tough catches. And in his first preseason game, he only had two catches, 27 yards, with uh, a long of 19 yards. But he's targeted five times and possibly a guy that if Sterling Shepard is forced to miss any time in the regular season or if there's an injury in the wide receiver core, just be that kind of Taylor Gabriel fourth wide receiver that that sees some extended targets when the coverage is split elsewhere. So just another guy to watch, especially with the number, the twos and threes on the Browns defense. I want to add a few guys for the Browns. Oh, okay. I only did. Jokingly, uh, I wrote down Richard Mullaney, but <laughs> I have a point for it. All right. He was a leading receiver last week. I want to see if he does it again. Yeah. Because it's good for him, but it's bad for the offense. I think it's something to keep an eye on. No, it definitely is. And it even goes back to your point of just what are the wide, are the wide receivers going to step up? Is anybody from that group going to step up? Yeah, because like, players to watch for me is just like the whole receiving core. Yeah, we've seen. Like start like first and second teamers. Because if you're coming in with a second team offense and you're dominating at receiver, you're quickly going to jump guys. Yeah. Like, and I, the front office doesn't care. I mean, at this point, if they drafted you this year, you're going to get a good shot. If they drafted you even just last year and you're getting beat, it's like, hey, we're just going to cut them, move past. Yeah, and I know even so, even talking about the wide receivers, we've seen that the quarterbacks are making good throws. Last week, the quarterbacks did not play all that bad because there were a lot of times where the receivers were just dropping the ball, like big drops and big moments that could have made Brock Osweiler's day a lot better than than maybe some of the criticism he got on his stat line. Yeah, if Seth DeValve dives and somehow comes up with that catch, completely different way we look at how Brock played. Yeah, Kessler had another uh, or 30 Kenny yarder. Britt. Yeah, Kessler had a, had a 30 yarder that was dropped over the middle before the end of the half that would have set up a field goal. You know, you look at that drive and you even mentioned it was one of your negatives that uh, he fluttered it out of bounds. But if he makes if I think it was Josh Boyce or Ronell Hall, you know, if he makes that catch that we're not talking about how Kessler flutters it out of the end zone. They're talking about how one of the kickers made or missed a field goal. Yeah, I actually saw a tweet from another Browns writer who was watching the coach's film and said that pass he threw out of bounds. There wasn't a Hail Mary play. It was just a run off the clock play. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. So it just I mean. He was, but they probably ran that because he couldn't get it there. Yeah, yeah. So, kind of moving into now the strengths and weaknesses of just the Giants. What would you say um, are some of, some of the strengths that you had written down uh, in the pre-show? What do you think are some of the strengths of the of the New York Giants? Like them as a whole for the upcoming season? Yeah, I mean, what what are some of the things that you know that you know you've got Pittsburgh? They're obviously an offensive juggernaut. So, what are you looking at when you see the Giants? What are some things that pop out to you as as some of the, as a strength for them? So maybe not a strength, but a potential strength is Eli Manning having a like late career resurgence. It's not like he's been declining heavily, but I mean, just pulling a you know Tom Brady and just having like three years of just dominance i mean when they go to the super bowl or when they've gone to the super bowl and won like you look at eli it's like oh this guy may be a hall of famer and a lot of people will laugh at or not laugh at it but be like i don't know he's not that good but if you're how many quarterbacks have won a super bowl it's just interesting to see they're surrounding him with weapons the receiving core is obviously a strength and his only real weakness is that left tackle position because he's an older quarterback Mm -hmm. 
and you can't have a which is crazy to me that the Browns have the best left tackle and they're horrible. Yeah. And a team like the Giants, who's a legit title contender every year, has problems at left tackle. Yeah. What about you? What do you have? Uh, I mean, defense. We talked about it early on. I think the defense is definitely a strong suit for them. But something you mentioned is a strength. Those the, the weapons around Eli Manning. I think the one thing that they have failed to surround him with throughout his entire career ever since they've had Brandon Jacobs and this is this is my weakness is their running game you know they haven't had a solid running back in there maybe even since Tiki Barber you know what they've got right now Orleans Darqua Shane Vereen Paul Perkins and there might be one more that I'm missing but it's he's obviously not somebody that's a uh, an impact player so at some point these guys have got to find at some point, these guys have got to find a running back that's a workhorse that's going to take some of the pressure off Eli to maybe limit some of the turnovers that have plagued him throughout his career. Yeah, even just a manageable back like an Isaiah Crowell is like we're not because the Giants, you know, say they're a pass-heavy team and they want to just really not focus on the running back position. You still need a legit back back there. Yeah, because when they were winning their titles, they had that like three-headed monster. Yeah, it was like Jacobs, Ahmad Bradshaw, and Ahmad someone Bradshaw. else. I'm forgetting. Forgot about him. It was uh, uh, no, I don't know actually. I thought it was just Ahmad Bradshaw. Brandon Jacobs was just a power man. He was yeah. like six four, just big running back. Something you don't see very often anymore. And I want to ask you really quick, mm-hmm. just for fun, since it's preseason. Can I get a score prediction out of you for this game? <laughs> It's so volatile, though, because you don't even know. I mean, it depends on who plays. Do you th- is Eli going to play, do you think? I was reading that he's going to play in the preseason. Okay. He'll probably get like uh, So the Giants tries, scored but... 12 points last week. Yeah, I don't think their backups are that good, so it's going to be. Here, I'll help you out. Mine is 20 to 17 Browns to go 2-0. Okay, I'm going to go. I think the offense has a little bit of a resurgence in the third and fourth quarter, similar to last week. So I think I'm going to go 24, 13 Browns Ooh. and the Giants. But but the Giants do score on one of their two. Like if Eli plays two drives, I think Eli scores on one of those two. Like I think they'll score early on the Browns first team defense. Hey, but all you got, you know, all that matters is that W in preseason, as they say. Well, I think it matters this year, <laughs> seeing as how we went one in 15 last year and oh, one in 19 technically. <laughs> one in 19. So I think we're just happy to get any when we can at this point. And it sounds like funny to some people probably who aren't Browns fans, but just preseason games, while they don't matter, no one wants to lose. So no. just getting a win, it, it just helps in practice, too, because well, you're morale, not pressing. Confidence, you know, it's just like, especially for those rookies last year, only winning one game, especially that late in the At year. At the end of the season. Yeah, you've got to have just some sort of taste of winning. And I think Hugh Jackson's talked about it before, but just getting these guys accustomed to winning because once you're winning, you don't want to lose that feeling. It makes losing And they're at worse. home, too, so they're getting cheered for mm-hmm. at least last week, and they will be this week. But, no, yeah, I, I'm fine. I mean, imagine going out and losing every preseason game because even though you say it's just preseason, in the back of your mind, it's like, man, we couldn't even, couldn't even score in their second-team defense. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about the Browns offensively and what we're going to expect out of the quarterbacks. Um, as well as, I mean, what we're what we're going to see from the Giants offensively and defensively, but we haven't really touched on the Browns on the defensive side of the ball outside of the the obvious of Miles Garrett. What are some things defensively that you'd like to see that that maybe you didn't see enough of in the first game? 
I'd say the main thing is just the starting defensive tackles putting up any sort of defense against the run. Yeah. You can't get gashed in a preseason game or any game. Yeah. But last week it was just Danny Shelton up front, who, I mean, has always looked at as kind of the anchor on that line and just no pass rush. And then when they ran, it was just several 10-plus yard runs. He should never get blown off the ball. Exactly. He's huge. He should not get blown off the ball like he did last week. I guess to expand it to just the whole defensive line. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's obviously difficult for someone like Miles Garrett to stop runs up the middle every time, but just you, every just not giving up any big runs. It's there was preseason. A play, yeah, there was a play last week where he, I, I think it was one of those Kamara runs that he broke for 20, 30 yards, and Garrett was Garrett and Joe Hayden. Joe Hayden knocked him out of bounds, but Garrett was right behind him. Like chasing him, yeah. He's 30 like yards the fastest the field, guy on the field. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's so much fun to watch. And if he can keep giving that kind of effort, you know, it's going to be more than one. Yeah, play Yeah, if you like want that any play that's a long-lasting defensive play, Miles Garrett is usually chasing someone down. Imagine he reminds me of almost the Water Boy, <laughs> like you know, just that, just running around like his hair's on fire, and he's gonna he when he hits you, he wants to kill you. So I'm excited to see what he can do, especially taking advantage of uh, the struggling Eric Flowers, like you mentioned early on in the podcast. I think another thing they'll watch for is how the secondary does against these stud receivers. Yeah. Um, will Joe Hayden get burnt for a touchdown? How will, if, well, I don't know if Peppers is going to, I don't think he's playing with the first team. I would think so. so. Did he you hear the week, the week of practice that he had? I would think he's definitely starting. I think he is starting actually. Kindred at strong safety and Peppers at free safety. True. I guess with Campbell out, Ibrahim Campbell out too. Yeah. Calvin yeah I guess Pryor. just how he responds. Calvin Pryor heard's not really showing too much in practice, so I think he's probably going to get cut. McCordy, I don't, I haven't had, I haven't heard too much about how he's doing, so I'm not typically sh- particularly sure what to expect from him. Him and Jamar Taylor as well. So I, I just well, Taylor's to here see. to stay on that deal he signed. So you see how he responds too against the wide receivers. You know what the NFL stands for, right? Not for long. I know. I just mean they're committed to him at least. He's not going to get cut. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he just he had a he had a resurgence in Cleveland, which is something that I uh, I haven't really heard too often from players coming to Cleveland as free agents or via trade. So hopefully he can anchor down that that number two cornerback position and take some of the pressure off of of the of the safeties and Joe Hayden. So you know, one storyline or not storyline, I would say one matchup that I was looking forward to watching and, and you, I hope I'm not taking yours here, but it was miles Garrett versus the giants O line. And we kind of touched on that. I with flowers too. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say based on the look you just gave me via FaceTime, it's, it's <laughs> I thought I might've taken your idea, but like no, I said, I can, before, I can I wing mean, one. I just want to watch miles Garrett just beat people up all day. You know, he's, he's a monster and finally nice, finally nice to see a first round pick pan out in Cleveland. How nice is that? I mean, it's pretty. It's early to say pan out, but let's just say not be a distraction, playing, you know, or yeah. <laughs> not like clearly going to start. That's Over, nice. He's not oversleeping or missing practices or coming in hungover or not even just Manzel <laughs> comparisons, but just he's a dominant player and he was taken number one overall. And it's like, oh yeah, he deserves it. It wasn't yeah. like a Phil Taylor where it's like he seems pretty good, but I don't know. It's like no, we got the best player available yeah so now that i stole your thunder what is your what is your one matchup that you're looking forward to watching uh and on monday night 
I'm going to say Deshaun Kaiser versus <laughs> just just Kaiser versus that second team defense because mm-hmm. last week I mean he lit it up but it was against the third and fourth stringers which to me doesn't matter as much as some people make it out to be but him against a defense filled with people who will likely be on an NFL roster maybe not starting but will be on the team just how he does that because if he has another game like he did last week and Brock struggles like who's going to get the most playing time in week three when the you know starters mostly play the most time they're going to play in the preseason? Yeah, that's true. I I just want Kaiser to play well in general. <laughs> I want him to win the job outright and prove. I wouldn't say the haters, but just prove people wrong that he doubters doubters. Yeah, because I hate saying the word haters, but haters. proving the doubters wrong that he can succeed in the NFL early on. Uh, I don't want him to take some hits, you know, bad hits. Like, but that that kind of stuff happens in football. You know, you can't, you're not going to play with bubble wrap on. And people who watched that game last week and say he should sit for a year with a clipboard, you know, I think it's just a little bit ignorant because you're yeah, so not a good really... point. It was like, how many, how many really good quarterbacks benefited from sitting out a year? And it's like Aaron Rodgers is exempt because yeah. Brett Favre was there. Yeah. He would have started so, if, if Brett Favre had not been there. Yeah. And... It's like how many guys are um, like were planned to sit out a year and then became like superstars. Yeah, not many. So again, if he's because you have to go in there deal, and struggle to learn. Yeah, it, well, it's a huge learning curve. They, I, I heard a rumor about because obviously when you get the playbooks in the NFL, it's like it's an iPad now, so they can. It's all, and I think they have some sort of tracking on there where they see how much you've looked at your playbook, or they can probably track, you know, how many times you've accessed it, when you've accessed it. So, I had heard a rumor that Johnny, his first year, just <laughs> never touched it. You know, he knew he wasn't playing, so he just never bothered to prepare like the starter. And it was pretty evident when he got thrown in there that week against Cincinnati. So, Deshaun Kaiser shown that. He wants to put in the work off the field, staying late after practice, and I assume getting there early. So I'm excited for the future of of Deshaun Kaiser, if you couldn't yeah, tell already. A real NFL quarterback. So as we're winding down here in energy and the show, just kidding, I'm pretty hyped up. What is your interesting storyline from around the NFL to look look at this week as a you know second week of preseason games gets underway? I actually just watched the first two episodes of Hard Knocks, and so watch uh, Roberto Aguayo getting cut after being a second. Was round that on pick. the recent episode? Yeah, it was crazy. Wow. So it was kind of a storyline for Tampa Bay going into the like something they were following through the episodes, and I think he went like two oh for two for three or well, two he for missed four an extra point and then missed yeah. a field goal. Yeah, and that was like you could tell some of the players were like, "Man, someone's got to take this job," you know, two kickers. Like even guy, they were practicing and guys are like just taunting him because you got to be mentally tough as a kicker. Yeah, they're they're doing it like from a good place. Yeah, like trying to like get him over it. He's like, this one's going wide right. You know, he's like, I know it's going wide right. And he he he's like, the defender's like, you're not gonna make it. <laughs> and Aguayo pushes it right and he goes, ah, oh, wide right. I was right anyway. You know, <laughs> it's like you've just got to be able as a kicker. You've got to be mentally tough and. Maybe it was a little technique, and maybe it was just some. I don't even think it's issues, the yips but. with him because he said he's like, yeah, like I thought my I was kicking it after the game. He's like, I was kicking it well. I just pushed it a bit. It's like, yeah. well, I mean, that's your job. Yeah, and they they because seeing that kind of thing happen, you know, you never see 
people like NFL players getting released on video. So they call him into the office and I actually saw the clip. I just didn't yeah. know that was going to be on like, like this recent episode. It's like if you're Roberto Aguayo, though, like I feel like, you know, that like what's coming. You have to know. And he landed coming. on a new team the next day. It's with the Bears now. Who did, the Bears, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, good. It, it, he, they told him, they're like, you're going to get a second chance, you know. And kicker, it happens with kickers all the time. Venetieri got cut from New England. Went, he had a super career in New England and then went to Indianapolis, and he's still firing from all cylinders. So, Yeah, you kickers, know, it, you never really stay with the same team unless you're like a Phil Dawson. <laughs> yeah. I miss a hero. That guy. Miss that guy. All right, my storyline to get away from kicker chat is just how the it's kind of a rest of the preseason. If the Cowboys really make any changes to their offense with Ezekiel Elliott going to be out, but I mean they have Darren McFadden and Alfred Morris down there. I don't think it's going to be too different, but since they are one of the most talked about teams in the NFL, this is probably going to be discussed on a week by week basis. So just to see if they change anything really, or if they just run their same exact offensive plan with those two guys. Yeah, I think Darren McFadden's a pretty good... I mean, he played pretty well in 2014 before they had Zeke, or 2015 behind that offensive line. But to your point, they lost a couple guys on the offensive line this year, too. Doug Free retired, and I believe someone got hurt. Lael Collins, maybe? I'm not that sure. I, I they, try to avoid Cowboys a news. a few guys on that offensive line that, that could cause some problems in the run game. But again, you've got Dak Prescott, Des Bryant, and a pretty decent defense. So I think they'll be all right. I'd like to add a bonus storyline. I would like to see if my hero Mitch Trubisky has another great game and Mike Lennon throws a pick six on his third play. <laughs> yeah, I was actually with a lot of people um, in my company that, that live in Chicago and just kind of picking their brain on Mike Lennon and Mitch Trubisky. And it was just similar thoughts to what you had last week because I listened to the podcast last week's podcast on the way home. Oh, you listen to our podcast? I do. I do. <laughs> you know, since I edited, so nice. I edited the last one. Of course, I listened to it. I got to make sure it sounds right. But they said, you know, if Glennon plays another week like he did last week, you know, they're they're going to have no choice. They're so. paying. They should a team should get him and Brock Osweiler and just play a salary cap game and see how they can manage it. <laughs> oh, that's he is maybe Brock the Browns two point oh. Yeah. No, but I th- I think with the rookies currently playing now, I mean, there's another battle too. Deshaun Watson go- going up against Tom Savage. Who do you think is going to win that one? I think Watson's going to win. I'm just yes. saying Savage Watson is a starter is right now. Well, part of the reason, too, that they succeed early on is, again, going up against second and third string. But they also dumb the playbook down a little bit. So you're not giving him the full scope of what he could be doing at that level like versus the first and third string because you're, you're, you are bringing him along. You don't want to throw too much at him and overwhelm him and then cause him to lose confidence. So... I think that this year's and Patrick Mahomes played pretty well too. I think this year's crop of quarterbacks is pretty promising. I agree. Pat Mahomes is definitely a podcast favorite before he got drafted he to the Chiefs. Weird though, did you hear he talks so weird? He's a weird voice. Hey, as long I, as he um, throws touchdowns, exactly. But I think this is a good spot to leave off here, as everyone can listen Friday at work before the weekend. Who doesn't yeah. like a good Friday podcast? Well, you can even listen Monday before the game, you know, just get a little scoop on what's going on. You can listen whenever. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be some things that happen between now and then. So, yeah, it'll be a hopefully the Browns can come out Monday night with a win. I agree. 
I would love for the Browns to go 2-0 and so the Super Bowl chance can continue. There's Super Bowl chance at training camp right now, so you know if they win, people will be like, well, they won on Monday Night Football. I'll be like, you know what? You're right. They sure did. Well, but we're going to have to do, probably next week, we're going to have to do a recap and a look forward because they're playing so many games. Their next oh. three games are in like 10 days. Okay. But we'll figure that out. Just going to talk a little bit about an article that's going to be dropping in the next couple days. We've got a CBS pick and pool. I tweeted out the link on my own Twitter at Andrew underscore Syped, S-E-I-B-T. Uh, we want you, your fan engagement, you know, we want you guys to join this pool and, and participate with some of the Dog Pound Daily writers. And we're going to write an article each week going over who did well, who were the biggest risers, current standings, things like that, you know, just just as a way to interact with our fans, because you guys are the reason why we're able to to talk about these things and give us a platform to to talk about our favorite teams. So go ahead and join that. And we look forward to playing with you. Yeah. Also with that, we're going to have a post going up too, just kind of calling in for not calling in, but putting out a putting out a call for people to give us topics. I want to hear on the podcast. Um, you could tweet at Andrew's handle, which, as you said, it was Andrew underscore Syped, S-E-I-B-T. That's Andrew. I realize it's kind of a tough name to spell or tough. Like if you were listening to it, you're like, how the hell do you spell that? So I figured I'd <laughs> spell it out for him. And I believe you said the hashtag was AskDPD. Yes, yes. Hashtag AskDPD. Uh, you can tweet at Steven Kibitza or myself. and Or Dog Pound Daily. Or Dog Pound Daily. And you can also email us. You know, there'll be an article going up describing where you can contact us. You know, we we want to answer some of your questions on air. Obviously, we're, we want to talk about the Browns. But if there's a loosely related NFL topic that you guys just want a question about you want our thoughts on you know that's something that we would be more than willing to to answer so send us your questions we want we want more fan driven content than just than just us two buffoons talking about the <laughs> the post 99 browns and with that we will be signing off remember to subscribe to us on itunes it's the easiest way to get every episode delivered to you as soon as it's uploaded and as always thank you for listening <laughs>